Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we are ranking the top canceled attractions that Disney never built. So all stuff that they announced, but then they canceled before they ever built it. So not stuff they opened and then closed. Right. Um, But speaking of stuff they opened and then closed and then canceled after the fact, (laughs) leads us into Disney news of the week. So before we get into the ranking all the canceled attractions, we're going to cover the news. Uh, the NBA experience, which was one of the shortest lived Disney experiences ever. Yeah. Um, this was the old Disney Quest building at Disney Springs. If you don't know what Disney Quest is, we did a whole episode about it last year. So tune into that. I actually, we never got to experience it. And then after no. researching that episode, I felt really bad because like it seemed like a lot of fun. Disney Quest did. Like it, se- it seemed something like worth experiencing at least once. To kind of see what they were doing. They were trying something different. Yeah. I mean, I think that it would be cool to go to. I don't... I would have had a fun time. Yeah. Like, I, it's not, Again, not, it's re- not, not a, a traditional yeah. Disney experience. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. I, I like, you know, uh, I like when they try something new. And I think this was an interesting idea. Exactly. They had much grander plans for Disney Quest too than than what we ultimately got. But we get into that all all in the the background of the episode and everything. Um, but what replaced it? So they, they tore that building down, built a new building, the NBA Experience. That lasted. I don't. Even, I I think it was less than two years because it closed during COVID. Obviously, kind of when all of Walt Disney World shut down, and then it just never reopened. And then Disney finally did announce that hey, it's going to be permanently closed. But now uh, Disney's finally filed permits to demolish that building. So they, they went through building this whole new building for an experience. Only lasted a couple years. That building's basically sat there for a few years. I think there's been like a, sh- a shop or like a restaurant or something in that building for a little bit. But um, nothing really in there. And so they're going to tear it down. Yeah. It's, so kind of crazy. It is crazy. I mean, for the amount of money that they spend building and then demolishing buildings... Uh, like I would love, to, I I wouldn't love to know the amount of money that they spend because it's like, you could just. Well, I imagine the NBA probably paid a lot of the money to build that. Like I I, I doubt Disney footed the well, bill they built for it. that. They built it. Didn't they build it? I mean, it wasn't in an already existing building. Though, no, that's what I'm saying. They tore down Disney Quest oh. to build a completely new oh, building. Oh, see, I was thinking you were saying it was in the same building that Disney no, Quest was in. No, it's in oh, the same okay. footprint. Disney Quest, I think, was five stories. NBA Experience was only two. So I imagine NBA footed uh, a big portion of this bill. Um, but yeah, so they're tearing it down. No word on like if anything's going to replace it. I don't even know if Disney has plans for it. You kind of feel like they have something in mind because... Again, the building's been sitting there for a couple of years. Why demolish it if you're just going to have it be empty space? Um, so something's going in there. My thought is what would be great is if they put the play pavilion or at least a portion of it at Disney Springs. So the portion of it being like a, a black box for Imagineering to show stuff off mm-hmm. to kind of try VR things. Kind of like what Disney Quest was a little bit like some interactive again, experimental Disney stuff, like do a a smaller scale of the play pavilion, a more updated Disney quest in a smaller footprint, but put that there. Yeah. I think it would be cool just to, again, see what Imagineering is working on. And I, I mean, from what I remember of Disney quest, it wasn't that it was more like just video games. Well, that's what I'm saying. But but it was like VR, like you could use like new technologies. Yeah. It was more. Yeah. yeah, But like, this is like the, like, you know, we talked about Lanny 
Smoot and you know he has that really cool floor that Disney was posting a whole bunch about and it would be cool to actually be able to experience and see that in person in like a Disney play pavilion and also Walt Disney World has announced that Tiana's Bayou Adventure will be opening this summer in Walt Disney World yeah so I think a little bit earlier than people were expecting I mean it was hey 2024 um, but Walt Disney World is going to be opening in summer, which is still kind of a wide window. Yeah. Disneyland seems later, but they seem to be making progress. Like the yeah, water's go- running on it and, and everything. And we got to see like the animatronic, which is such good news because we got to see that it is like the full animatronic. We are not getting the blank slate face that we have. The projection on mapping Frozen face. Af- yeah. Ever after. So um, yeah, so it's, it is going to be like fully animatronic face, um, which they have, I think, what is it? Hong Kong? Oh, it's basically what, what Imagineer doing everywhere so i think like yeah. after frozen ever after they moved they away moved, from yeah, that they technology. moved away from that like projection mapping face to like a full face because the new frozen ever after that they're building around the world has the updated animatronics the beauty and the beast attraction in tokyo i think that might have been the first one to have um like a fully articulate animatronic face but yeah tiana um they they kind of showed that animatronic looks looks, looks incredible really good. so i i think if that's the quality that's going into this i think it's going to turn out to be a really like, good attraction it doesn't seem yeah. like they're kind of cutting corners because they mentioned like that's one of of multiple tiana animatronics that's going to be in the attraction so yeah. i think it's going to kind of be a la frozen ever after where you know you see them in multiple scenes but I think again, it seems like they're not they're not using the projection mapping faces. They're they're using real face real faces, quote unquote. So it seems like they're they're doing it well. And you know, just to like reconfirm this, I'm I'm pretty sure I I have like kind of a grasp of what this is. But isn't this sort of like an extension of the Princess and the Frog story? Yeah, it, it's post. It's post, it's post the story. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, see, that's kind of interesting because, like, whereas, you know, Frozen Ever After is Which the is retelling, right. you have this, and I'm sure they're going to use, like, the popular songs yeah. from princess and the frog but at the same time we're going to get something fresh and new and we're going to see her restaurant and then things. i think the I difference think cool. is frozen ever after was announced like six months after frozen so it was basically people love frozen let's just give them the songs give them what they love whereas they've been developing this princess and the frog attraction for a while so they've had time to think of a storyline and not just say oh let's just retell the movie you know like let's add something to it so you know what i would love to see just just related frozen ever after we're getting another frozen we have frozen 2 frozen 2's music is better than frozen 1's music let's knock down the back wall and let's add a frozen 2 extension where we we get to see more of that it is interesting that like these other frozen ever afters that they're building are just an exact copy like to your point like they they haven't updated it to make it like show yourself yeah to make it a blend of frozen 1 and frozen 2 like that's into the unknown like those songs are and in lost in the woods i mean those three songs are all bangers and and we're still, you know, singing "Let It Get Let It Go." Nothing against "Let It Go," great song. Yeah, but, but you could you could easily add "Lost in the Woods." Just have a, a scene with Kristoff. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it is interesting that they haven't like updated as they're building them out other places. Like, it, you can't change Epcot, but yeah. like when you're doing these other places, right. it's interesting. So, yeah. All right, so let's get into our main topic this week: ranking canceled attractions. So, especially the past like few years. Disney has announced yeah. a ton of attractions that are going to be coming to the parks. And then they've either 
quietly never built them or some of them have been kind of like outright canceled and they said hey like this isn't happening um so we're, we're not talking about necessarily like like something rumors. like kite tales that that like that actually existed made it, yeah. and then or even something like you know the blue sky stuff they're talking about with like Encanto and and you know Zootopia, Zootopia and Moana where it's like hey this is just concept art but it never really was like a confirmed ride so this is all stuff like they announced hey these attractions are coming we're going to be building them. A lot of them are part of like the whole Epcot redo that they announced at D23 in either like 2017, 2019 as part of this whole transformation to Epcot that we got very little of that. Um, but just kind of like ranking some of the bigger ones that Disney announced that seemed really exciting and then they never built. So one of these was Mary Poppins that was supposed to be coming and I believe this was, was this part of the Epcot? Yeah. So this was in the UK pavilion. And, and so this is kind of like the least. So we're kind of going in reverse order yeah. in terms of like ones we would have most liked to see and we're kind of most saddened by. So I think like yeah. Mary Poppins, it well, kind of never was like that exciting of an attraction anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel like for a lot of people, this would be really exciting. I like Mary Poppins. Um, but I tend to gravitate towards more, again, animated and also animal related. So because it's more like live action with humans, this didn't really excite me as much, even though Mary Poppins is a great movie. Well, I think the idea of it, and, and really it was going to be in the UK pavilion, it was going to be like a flat ride, a spinner. So like there are some reports that it was going to be like the teacups or like a carousel there were some reports that they were going to do like projection mapping where it was going to kind of be like the scene where like Bert uh, and Mary Poppins are dancing with the penguins. Mm. Um, but then they, then there was also some reports that it was going to be around like the new Mary Poppins movie, but I think it was going to deal with like some animation or something. But at the end of the day, it seemed like a very just basic attraction. And yeah. to your point, I think a lot of people like Mary Poppins, but I almost feel like if they built this, it would have been disappointing and underwhelming. So I almost think it's it's good they didn't build this one. Like I feel like a meet and greet almost would have just been better. Like where you build the the Banks's house as kind of the front, and then you go in and you get to meet Mary Poppins, and maybe she has her carpet bag and is just pulling a lot of stuff out of that. Like they could have done like some cool illusions to make it feel like, hey, this is really Mary Poppins as a meet and greet, which probably would have been better than this ride they kind of threw out there anyways. Right. I think that one thing that Mary Poppins would have lent itself well to is kind of like what they have, like the journey of the little mermaid where you have all the, the hit songs from mm -hmm. that. Oh yeah. You know, that or like, or yeah. even frozen ever after yeah, just do where, the hits. Yeah. where you do the songs and then you could put like an animatronic or something. And I feel like you should just get Tokyo Disney Pooh's honey hunt team working on that. Like they could create some sort of illusion where it looks like she's pulling giant things out of her bag. But I think that would have been probably a better utilization of that property than what it seemed like it was going to be. Right. So I think ultimately this one got canceled probably because they realized it's not really going to move the needle that much anyway. So again, I think this is why this is like last on our list here because I don't know that I was that excited about it anyways. Like I don't right. really miss anything by not having this attraction. Well, right. It's kind of like if, you know, they got rid of the magic carpet ride or one of the Dumbos. It's like, but there's still other rides that are just like that. And yeah. so we're not gaining anything by adding those. By adding that. In, yeah. Except for lessening the lines. Correct. 
All right, so the next one on the list is another Epcot one. This was the Permanent Festival Pavilion. And they made a big deal about this that <laughs> we're going to put, put a Permanent Festival Pavilion in here because you know Epcot's all about the festivals. They're going to be able to do shows and stuff out of it. And this got scrapped. And I think, again, it, it's low on the list, but I think this one is kind of higher for me than Mary Poppins because I think this would have been a good addition to Epcot to have a space at the front of the park where they could have had live entertainment where they could have had, you know, a permanent like festival kitchen serving food. This would have like added a cool dimension to the front half of Epcot. And I think added a lot of stuff. I think probably why they ultimately canceled it is because it was going to be a lot of live entertainment. And that's like the first thing that yep, gets cut, they cut that budget wise. Um, and they decided, Hey, maybe we don't want to do this, but they've kind of gone back and, they're basically rebuilding the one building they tore down because they canceled this. And they're like, wait, we still need something here. Is that by Beverly? It's on the other side. <laughs> oh, it's on the other side. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're basically rebuilding that building. And it's like, why did you not just stick with the festival pavilion? Cause I think the other thing that they were going to do is it was going to be like multi-storied. And so the idea is like, corporations could rent part of this out for like private events, which seems like a no brainer, like a good right. money maker for them. So it just seems like, Odd, just odd on a lot of levels. Yeah, of like why they canceled this. And I because I think it I think it's like a huge plus for Epcot. I feel like um the festival pavilion too could be created like those kitchens that they have in a lot of places where there's like a building and they house like various like test kitchens essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um and then they can kind of switch them out every so often. I think that that's kind of the idea. Yeah, there'd be like a permanent kitchen in there right yeah now would that be in lieu of having the different festival like pavilions around the park no i think the idea is this would you would always have this one so like this would it would almost be like a year-round festival kitchen so this would be like some of the like because some of those pavilions have been there for years and years like the favorites they've become more like stable semi-permanent like those they used to tear those down and like move them but i think now that they have so many festivals they've become somewhat permanent but i think this idea was just it was a larger space to kind of do that because i could see them moving some of those places inside and then putting more test kitchen again like tests outside and then if they do well then they could move inside as well oh yeah that's a good thought yeah Yeah. well it's not gonna happen now though no it's not (laughs) but just, you know, in my little mind, I, I feel like any, like everyone just loves Ep- Epcot for the food and drinks. So the more food and drinks, yeah, it's become the festival park. Yeah. And again, and that, and again, that's another reason why it's odd of like, this is the festival park. This is what brings locals in to come eat. It brings a lot of people in to come to the festivals. So if you're going to cancel anything, why are you going to cancel something that that's is advantageous? Make, yeah, that's going to add to the festivals and give you more space for the festivals. Right. It seems it just seems strange. It just seems like a, a weird thing. I mean, the whole Epcot redo, just the way stuff got axed out of that, and and like we have more on the list of, of things that we're going to go into Epcot. The whole thing is just kind of odd how it happened, and I know like the pandemic happened and that kind of like impacted some stuff but like some of the decisions that were made it's like they seem short-sighted it seemed like oh we just need to save money now but like i think you would have made money yeah i think you would have made money long term on this or we're gonna rip down a building and rebuild the same building essentially so that it's like you're not even saving money you actually cost yourself money and then you didn't 
you didn't. Yeah. Well, I think some of those buildings were so it, yeah. old, like they needed renov- renovated. Yeah, maybe they were and just sometimes like, it is rife. cheaper just to tear them down. Maybe they were rife with asbestos and they were like, let's just level the place. Yeah. I mean, Florida humidity and everything, I think like destroys probably stuff, starting sure. to rot it. Yeah. And everything like that. So who knows? All right. So the next one is a, is a rather old cancellation. So this harkens all the way back to the opening original couple years of Disneyland. And so Walt's idea was off of Main Street was to have Liberty Street. And it was going to be based on revolution era buildings. There was going to be a variety of shops. They're going to have an apothecary, a glass maker, print, print shop, um, insurance, cabinet makers. They're going to have the ringing of the Liberty Bell. And they actually announced this in 1956. Like they had signs up in the park, like, you know, under construction or imagining like kind of like what they have now and like coming soon, um, Liberty street, all this sort of stuff. And then it got canceled. It never got built. Now, a lot of what was going to be designed there, um, an attraction based on the president's things around that revolutionary time building, we got in magic kingdom in Liberty square. So we still got the hall of presidents. So we still got that attraction. We've talked a lot about this too. Like no good idea ever dies at Imagineering. They always bring it back. But the Liberty Street, so it would have been a whole second street you could have gone to. So, you know, Main Street was kind of turn of the century. You're going to have a second street that was going to be kind of basically the birth of the nation uh, time period. Just never ended up getting built. All right. So I've been waiting for you to stop talking about that. So I could say this one for me goes straight to the bottom of the list and falls off. I am glad they didn't build this. I have no interest. This sounds like it belongs in Colonial Williamsburg or something like that. And I don't need to see it in a Disney park. Well, I think the interesting thing is because Hall of Presidents works well. Yeah, I do too. So it it was going to be things like that. And I think why this one is a little bit higher on the list, because again, this was a, a larger expansion. It was like a whole street. This would have added... But what would we have not gotten if this had been built? Yeah, I don't know because it, it's right next to Main Street. I mean, I think a lot of that space is used for, at least in Walt Disney World, like next to Main Street, that's all backstage. Like there's really nothing there. That's kind of like the overflow gate. And it, it really is at um, Disneyland too because if you think about this, this was going to be, if you come in on the right like basically where they have the characters like Chip and Dale and Mickey and Minnie, it's basically backstage area that they would have taken. But for me, this was a larger expansion. And so it was a little bit more than again, just like a Mary Poppins, like a carousel ride or something like that. You could maybe make the argument, Hey, the, the festival pavilion is higher than this one. It is. Um, but I think, it, Hands down. I think the other thing too is again, this is, Disney, like this was like kind of the first step in like that education-ness of Disney of, hey, we're going to ring the Liberty Bell. We're going to learn about the presence. We're going to learn about the Constitution. Like you were going to learn something in an entertaining way. Yeah. Here's my idea though. Go to Philadelphia. Like I said, I do not need this in a Disney park. I get enough of that American history going into the Hall of Presidents and going into the America Pavilion over in Epcot. Well, like I, you would have had the Hall of Presidents. So you would have gotten at Disneyland. Again, I I mean, I'm with you. Like, I don't necessarily think it's a negative that this didn't get built. And I think it's probably some of the reasons why they didn't end up building it. But I think it's interesting because as soon as Disneyland opened, they were already talking about kind of bigger expansions like this. And it's almost somewhat higher on the list too because it is like the first 
like larger thing that they announced and they put signs up for and they never built they never it. it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we kind of think now of like, oh my gosh, Disney's announcing something and not building it. Like Walt would have never done. You know, like why are they doing this? Like why would you just cancel things like this? I mean, this happened in 1956. You know that they announced it and a couple years later, it just quietly went away. Yeah, I will say though, I feel like the reason why Walt didn't build this is probably because he didn't have the money right away and i feel like the reason why disney doesn't build stuff now is they're like eh, investors say that this is going to cost too much money and we don't want to do it i yeah, don't know true yeah i'm not i'm not i, sure, I feel so. like the reason why he didn't build stuff was just pure well and yeah and like he found something else that was or, or struck his fancy do. a yeah, little bit more right, yeah that, that you could do so all right moving on the next one is the play pavilion so this is getting back to epcot this is going to be in the old wonders of life pavilion and now I'm not 100% sure that this has been officially canceled. Like I was looking to, you know, to see has this officially been canceled that Disney's not building this? It seems like they've, you know, kind of quietly removed this from like all the announcements and the website and everything. So I'm pretty sure it's canceled, but I don't know that it's like it's officially been canceled. Yeah. But what this was going to be is this was going to be like a kind of like a, a like a sandbox for Imagineering. And the idea was going to be like, there was going to, it was going to be interactive, um, like games and things like that. But it was going to be a place where Imagineering could come in, show you new stuff, like maybe the hollow tile floor or something like that, yeah. that we talked about a few weeks ago. And they could kind of test things out, get feedback. And then maybe every six months or a year, it would change out and you would kind of see what they're doing. So for me, I think that's a huge loss because it would have been so cool to see like what is Imagineering yeah. working on? Like what are they cooking up that could eventually come into the parks? And I think it would have captured the imagination of so many younger people of like maybe I want to go into engineering or, or I want to be an Imagineer because yeah. I want to think of these amazing things. Yes. So this is one of the, I think the downfalls of social media. I feel like they especially with Lanny Smoot like they're just like yeah we're just gonna throw all this stuff up there on social media we're gonna show you this floor but this is something like that floor that he invented you, like you said this would go perfectly in this play pavilion but the piece that they're missing is you know there are kids on social media but again young kids they're not even really allowed to have social media technically so being able to see that and in the flesh that is when you have that aha moment as a kid, potentially of, oh my goodness, the things that people are able to invent up, like I want to do this and, like, and that's start a job. having ideas. And like, hey, that's a right. job of thinking up that cool thing. Well, right. And like, I feel like, you know, any kid listening, I, I don't, you know, in a way, you don't have to do the same thing for your entire life. You, there are so many possibilities, research jobs, because- it is, it's really hard and don't feel bad if you don't know what it is that you want to do with your life because there are so many possibilities and it's overwhelming um, with all of the things. But, you know, you can, if you have that opportunity to see that, yeah, it might be that moment where you say, that's what I want to do. So I think it's an epic loss because going back to what you said about Liberty Square, um, or Liberty Street. Liberty Street. Yeah, right. Liberty Street. Liberty Square exists. Liberty Street this is that education piece that I think is really needed. And it's also very timely considering that education a lot of times is really pushing for STEM. Um, and so, you know, putting that, that science 
up front and showing people, hey, this is like what science can do and engineering can do. And this is why math is important. Your way like how many problems. kids are like, why do I have to learn this math? I'm never going to use it. Well, right. Yeah, and you can it's use a, it's it to a be an very nice practical yeah. application yeah. of some of those things. So, yeah, I think this is a massive loss that they did not end up, you know, formally building it and again maybe they are still but it seems like it's it's been closeted i think the interesting thing too is the wonders of life pavilion has been sitting vacant for years like it Mm. i mean epcot has been going through this transformation it's still not done like they have more construction walls up and they're moving on to the the other path you know we talked about the festival pavilion like they're rebuilding a building like it's going to be a while to while that opens and you you have this pavilion that's just been sitting vacant for I mean, at least a decade, as long as we've been going in our adult lifetimes to Disney World, which has been a decade plus, there's been nothing in it. And it's kind of like... What are you talking about? It's been like five minutes. <laughs> but it, You it, might be old, but I'm not. It's kind of like like what... Like, you know, it, it, a certain extent, I think this is where sometimes like people get upset. It's like, what is Disney doing? Like, why, like, why do you just have this stuff sitting vacant? And I think where and it's like... You know, people talk about like Universal's building a lot and, and and Disney needs to respond. Yeah, it's great if they add new lands and stuff like that. But like there's so much stuff that they just have that they're not even using or utilizing properly. It's like just fix that. Like just put something back in there. Like you have this building. You're just letting it sit and not do anything. Like it just seems it seems crazy sometimes like when you think about that sort of stuff. Yeah. I do wonder, like, what is the reason? Like, is the building itself not safe and they have to fix it up and they need funds for that? I think it's or- cost. I mean, I just think it's cost. Like, they closed the attraction yeah. and, again, they were going to put the play pavilion in there. And, like, it, it's, it all comes down to money. Again, like, it's just where are they going to spend their money? I mean, the, the next one I want to talk about is the Spaceship Earth redo. I mean, this was announced and this is, like, you know, there's been reports of, like, Spaceship Earth. I mean, it's an older attraction. Everybody knows it needs updated. You know, it's been a while since it's been updated, and they they showed off this great concept art. They're gonna it's gonna be all about st- like storytelling. They were gonna put projection mapping, and there's gonna be kind of like lights that like led you through like each of the pieces and kind of connected everything. And I love Spaceship Earth, and I think Spaceship Earth is a great ride. And updating it would have been phenomenal. And then again, it's like they they talk about this every couple of years, and they announce this big thing finally as part of, you know, the the whole redo of Epcot, and it's going to be you know ready for this fortieth anniversary celebration and stuff like that. And they just go, nope, we're not doing it. Well, also the thing about Spaceship Earth that you know, kind of it's frustrating. Even though Spaceship Earth is not my favorite ride in Disney World. That is one of, I think, the piece de resistance of Disney World because it's the only place that has it. Like, that is a ride that is unique to Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in a way that Disneyland sometimes adds extra magic to their stuff, it's like, why, why can't we take this ride that, you know, it's not a high thrill ride, but it is a cool like ride mechanism and everything and it drastically it ends with computers being invented right i mean they yeah, were they invented about, a yeah, long time yeah, they ago about they were going to update like the 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 ending to kind of like push it a little bit forward and stuff like that i mean it right. definitely could use an update yeah some projection mapping again nothing like too crazy i mean projection mapping's not that hard to do they've been doing it for years mm-hmm. um yeah like, th- I it's, would it's assume... frustrating whenever like something like that goes away see i can see like what they have over in disneyland for um uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad with like the the fire oh, type yeah. stuff with yeah. the burning of Alexandria. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, it's just 
again, it's just little things like that where it's just like this. I don't think this would be this difficult. You know, you can just talk to Jeremy Irons, get him to re-narrate. Oh, go back to him. Yeah, yeah. Go back to I, I, I think, who is it? Is it Dame? Um, it's Judy Dench. Yeah, Dame Judy Dench. It does it. Love her, but I mean, come on. Let's let's Go bring let's bring Scar ass. back, and let's have him um, narrate it yeah. again. Yeah, again. So that that one, that one hurts. I feel like that that's not getting updated. I was very excited about that one, and again, it wasn't like a crazy update, but I was really excited about that one. And and that one, that hurts to have that one kind of get canceled. I mean, most of the stuff that they announced for Epcot got canceled. We got Moana. That was basically. It, and we got Guardians, uh, you yeah, know, obviously, yeah. which which was a good addition over there. So, all right. This next one was an attraction that was supposed to be part of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and this, like, sounds super exciting. So, you're going to yep. be able to ride a Bantha. And there is concept art. Like, whenever this was announced, like, when Chapek was yeah, on stage what announcing this. What does look like? Um, so, you can look up the concept art. And, you know, it's basically, they had it whenever he announced Galaxy's Edge. And it was a giant Bantha. And so the idea was... So this was, is like, like how circuses used to have you ride an elephant? Yeah, because a, a bantha is basically... It's kind of like a woolly mammoth, basically, for Star Wars. Like yeah. an elephant, but it's got a lot of like fur and stuff on it. And the idea was... So, a woolly mammoth? Yeah, a woolly... Yeah, a woolly <laughs> but I don't think they have... No, they're not quite... They don't have like the trunks. Yeah, they're not, like they're not yeah. quite a woolly mammoth, but, but similar. But the idea would be that you would get on... I think it was like 16 to 20 people... You'd get on the back of this and it would walk you through Batu. Like you would walk through the markets. Like you would go kind of like from one end to another and to walk on. So it, I think they designed it or they made them, they were like trackless ride vehicles. And so they built a Bantha around a trackless ride vehicle to have it navigate through the, through the you know square and everything. So this would be Batu's version of the main street vehicles that you can take down main street yeah basically basically yeah oh wow yeah okay yeah this is cool so you could basically use them as a very slow form of transportation from one end to the other i I don't know if it was point to point or if it was a loop it'd be cool if it was point to point though it it would have been cool yeah yeah so i think the issues with this obviously are it would help with immersion too there it would 100 percent help with immersion and we'll get to that in a second but i think the issues here with this was the the space, you know, just like it, Batu is not very big. Like it would be hard to navigate these through. Like you talk about the main street vehicles, like it's hard to navigate those. So to but navigate those streets this, are still wide enough that you, there's plenty of sidewalk space, but you are right. But if you had a trackless ride vehicle, you don't have to narrow. have it stop for pedestrians and stuff like that. And I think capacity issues too, again, if like only 15 or 20 people are riding this, like you can maybe only what have two or three Banthas at a time. Like, I think this would take, a lot of like it'd be a long wait so i think those were some of the issues with this i do think though what you mentioned like immersion like the one thing that's great about pandora is the plants all look alien like there's not you know there's immersion there without having to like do anything too fancy just just the the foliage and the stuff they have the the noise and you don't have that in galaxy's edge and i feel like having a bantha there would have added such another level of emerging would have been insane well you got to think too over in pandora now i do think that they could do a good job with like getting some of those critters there um they could have even built little animatronics that pop in and out of some of the plants but 
if we got that bantha and say it comes out of what they now are currently not using the door to the halcyon uh, right and they it came out and it was like behind you know a um like a fence or something and you can go up and see the bantha see a bantha feeding something like that kind of like um over in paris how they have they have the Sven that they feed the carrot to. Yeah, that blew my mind. Right. Yeah. Even I, I'm with you. Like I don't even think you need to have this as a ride. I think no. just you having a bantha or, there. Or like Universal has the Raptors. Yeah. Or even like I mean it's Paris again, like the dragon under the castle. I mean just mm-hmm. you have have a bantha meet and greet that that would yep. add a level of immersion because I get I get the the complications with having this as an attraction that you're trying to navigate through. Like I, I can see why that's not going to work, but to have it there, I think if you, you kind of already designed like, yeah, why not build one and just have an interactive Bantha experience? Right. Like see the one thing about galaxy's edge that doesn't work for me thinking about it. And I really have never thought about this too much, but one thing that I really love and appreciate about Star Wars is the diversity of creatures that you see all throughout Star Wars. Right, and you have but none when of you that. walk into you yeah, when you walk there. into yeah. Batuu, you don't see anything that is not a humanoid. And I'm like, I like, mean, they, they have a couple like, of the shops. They have a couple. They, yeah, have, a they, have, cat. they, they have, have that like yeah. eyeball uh, alien that's in the water. Yeah, tank, but I'm talking but it's about very subtle. But like, I would love to see somebody in the marketplace who was a Twi'lek or somebody oh, yeah, in the marketplace that is um, one of those really crazy looking things. Have Wadi. That, I mean, they, they built a, a Wadi, yeah, like, a, have a Rodian. Some, yeah. yeah, have some Rodians. Like have a couple different people walking around in a different sort of mask that aren't just like, aren't like a Star Wars character, you know, not, they don't have to be Harris and Dula, but just somebody that is just a regular person and, and have them be their own character specific to Batu that people are like, Hey, I'm going to go like, go to the, like go to the, um, the Twi'leks marketplace and buy something off of the yeah, Twi'leks. I, I don't even think it has to be their specific market, but to your point, just well, have those, like, well, I'll just bring have those shop. people there. Just, yeah, yeah, just have those people there. They don't even have to necessarily be set characters, but yeah, just kind of like add in some of that like diversity or even have, again, make some animatronic creatures like just add something in there like you don't really see that kind of anywhere and i yeah. think it's it's missing that and it's it's all very muted colors like right. it, nothing really pops like it well yeah you don't feel and off world when you're on there and you walk into pandora you feel like you're yeah. on an alien planet you walk into galaxy's edge you don't necessarily there's, feel like you're on an alien and it, planet. because it is such like a gray and brown palette like a, like twilight like twi'leks rodians and um trying to think of there's even like that one she's like in the gang and she has like the she's i think pink and has like a mohawk but there's plenty of races in star wars where there are these crazy like cool colors that would be excellent just adding a color pop to the land itself so another thing that they ended up announcing that i think they even had like walls up saying it was coming is the atlantis expedition so this is over in Disneyland, this would be the re-theme for the submarine voyage, which ended up becoming Nemo. And it sounded like a really interesting ride. Now, this goes along with the movie Atlantis. That movie itself, and I'm sure I, this is why they canceled they it. They had high hopes for that movie. Yeah, they had high hopes for the movie. And they thought it would fit in really well. And it, and then it, yeah, it didn't do very well. And it is really interesting to me because, I don't know, maybe I have blinders on when it comes to Disney, but... 
I thought that was a 100% really... you do. We have a Disney podcast that, that goes without saying. <laughs> but I, I thought it was a cool movie. Like I liked yeah. the like kind of because it yeah. has like that journey to the center of the earth kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. It has like it has like a sci fi feel. It was very different. And maybe that's why people didn't like it very much because it was kind of out there. Very fantasy. driven. It was that weird time, too, in Disney animation where. You know, they had come off the golden age and they had a couple movies that didn't do well. And then it started kind of like what we are now of like, uh, Disney's not good anymore. Disney's lost a step. And some of that is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I think even like recent Disney movies, you're kind of seeing that where like they're not doing well at the box office, like Elemental. Oh, Pixar's losing a step. No, it eventually kind of, it stayed at the, I was say, it stayed at the box so office. False. Yeah, it stayed at the box office and it ended up doing pretty well. And it is it's a good the, movie. It's the best Pixar movie. Right. But I that, would fight somebody on that. But that's that. what I'm saying. But like people look at the box office and just yeah. go, it didn't make money. It must not be good. And I think, you know, Atlantis came out in that time where they were just kind of struggling. And so just, oh, it's not good. It's not up to Disney standards. And I think some of that just kind of like, you know, it kind of colors the history of it too, where it's like, yeah. oh, they're just not doing well. They don't make good movies anymore. We're kind of in that of like, oh, Disney doesn't make good movies anymore. Not That's not true. Right. But kind of people think that and believe it in a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So one of the conceits of this ride is that you are able to reach out of the submarine window and grab like gems and um, like coins and stuff, which I think that that would be a really fun like Make ride it interactive. Yeah. mechanic. Because I mean, you have like the shooting games that like the, like Toy Story Mania that are a lot of fun. Um, and I think that people really enjoy that game aspect. So I could see this particular one being a lot of fun. Yeah, it's as rather well. than just sitting there like the Nemo. Now, it's very it's passive. Like, yeah, you just kind of sit there. I mean, the other thing is they had plans and they had concept art of building a giant volcano where, you know, where this attraction is. The monorail was going to go through it. And the idea was actually the submarines were a way of transportation to take you into the volcano. They were going to take you to Atlantis. So you would get in the submarine, kind of like in the movie, you would go to Atlantis and then be able to disembark, I think, inside the volcano. And Atlantis was going to be in there. And then you could explore that and then kind of take the submarine and come back. Yeah. Which is a pretty ambitious attraction, I feel like. And again, especially in that space. Disney Sea. Because of like they have that oh because that of the giant, volcano yeah the journey like, of the volcano center of the earth. Yeah. type thing yeah but I mean it would have been yeah super ambitious to have like the submarine ride almost be two rides where it's a transportation ride but then you have a walkthrough or some sort of additional attraction inside this volcano um, but you're right they like they closed the I think it was twenty thousand leagues under the sea and they had like you know tarping around the load station that basically said like Atlantis coming. And then it sat there for years and years and years and nothing happened. And they eventually made it Finding Nemo because Finding Nemo did well. Um, But yeah, but just seeing that concept art of that volcano and just the scale of it, especially like next to the Matterhorn, it would have been insane to have kind of like those two like mountains right next to each other. But yeah, this, this sounded like a really cool way to have a submarine experience like it fit in well with the movie i mean it fits in with nemo because nemo's underwater but like there's no submarine in nemo but like in atlantis like there's submarines and stuff like that that it would have been a, a really cool experience yeah i agree i think that this is actually a massive loss that they didn't end up building this even despite because i feel like i feel like if they had built a really cool ride which it sounded like they were going to do i think it would have made the movie better yeah i think that people would go back and be like wow this is awesome 
we should check out this movie again. And then they would realize like, oh no, that movie was really cool. We were just very hard on it. So yeah, I, I think that that's, that's the problem. I feel like it's odd too. Cause if you think about like early Disney, I feel like a lot of the attractions they made weren't necessarily, it wasn't about what's the most popular movie. Like Mr. Toad's wild ride. I mean, that's not like, that's a well-known Disney film, but that's a very popular attraction, you know, like, obviously snow white is and and stuff like that that they made but you know now it's like yeah if it's not a billion dollar hit like frozen we're not making an attraction about because it's not popular enough you know and so it's this was kind of towards that transition where they started being like we have to have proven ip before we put money into a redo so it's like yeah use finding nemo that made a billion dollars you know atlantis didn't yeah but definitely yeah i mean the scale of this i think this is this is a, a much bigger loss in terms of cancel attractions. This is why it's our tops. This is we're getting to the top three here. So that's that's the third one. The next one uh, on the list is the theater on Main Street. So they announced this at D23 in 2017. They're going to build a Broadway style theater on Main Street in Walt Disney World in Magic Kingdom. And why I think this is such a big loss is because Disneyland has a Broadway theater. Basically, every <laughs> other. They- decide to use once every yeah i mean 17 years right i mean that's a that's another story <laughs> but basically every other disney and then they, park they run something for two two seconds yeah and then it's gone <laughs> but then like basically every other disney park around the world has like a broadway style theater it has a broadway style show and there is something about that live entertainment factor yeah that it adds extra magic to those parks and magic kingdom is missing this and when they announce it it's like this is a no-brainer this is a great idea yep. it's going to be a place that's going to take thousands of people so it'll help kind of capacity issues it's live entertainment like it you know it's going to be good it's going to be well done it's going to be highly well received it made sense on so many levels was so excited about it and this was another one that just quietly went away i, I don't know if they ever officially canceled it but they announced it at, at d23 in 2017 and then basically almost immediately nothing happened with it yeah it actually is interesting to me because thinking about this walt disney world has very few of these live type shows and it is actually really it's very interesting to me to think the bird show is one of the few shows that i can actually think of, of all the shows too. yeah the like bird but show. the bird my show. favorite show <laughs> but like that the bird actually there's two different kinds of bird shows right because yeah. there's the one in front of the tree of life and then there's the one in the actual pavilion yeah. and then you have the beauty and the beast stage show and in, in indiana jones yeah um, that, kind is, of the other that two is shows. true yeah yeah but it's interesting true. it's like it's animal kingdom and it's hollywood studios i guess that they figure that those two parks are are like more half day kind of parks like yeah, animal kingdom you think about it up. like yeah. it's a zoo if you want to go there and spend time looking at that then you're going to take a lot of time but if you're going to ride and maybe look at a few animals you don't necessarily need to spend all day there so you need some sort of attraction to kind of keep people there and engage now the one thing about that one too that i will say is it is educational same thing as actually the indiana jones show because there's an oh, educational yeah. aspect you, like, how to movies how movies made like movie yeah. magic plus and then the bird show of course about animal training and um, teaches you how scary birds like- are <laughs> no it doesn't <sighs> teaches you how awesome they are and so cool how they're gonna fly fly real close to your head but- yeah like and how much control they have yeah. over themselves yeah, it is and cool to their see skills the birds. Yeah. and i mean it, those live demos how trainable you, they are and you stuff. have people already working with them anyway it's just you're making them come out and like talk about it but i do think that that part is so 
important because again, when people see something and this is, again, my argument for why zoos, even though people are like, no, these animals should be in the wild. They're important for conservation purposes. but And, of course, it's better for them to be in the wild. But also, humans do not attach necessarily to things that they do not see. And people don't usually sit at home all the time and watch, like, wildlife documentaries. And a lot of those animals, I feel like, too, are rehabilitated. Like, rehabilitated. they can't go back out into the they wild They came from and stuff. somewhere yeah. else. That, yeah. yeah. And obviously, like they do a lot of them are like free flying so they do have a a pretty high quality life and i think that that is really seeing those demonstrations it makes you have like a bigger spot in your heart for them and want to do more to protect them and conserve them so what's interesting now too is with the talk of epic universe the the talk is that disney's plan to counter epic universe is live entertainment which I find really interesting because live entertainment's the thing they always cut. Shy away from. Yeah, and they always cut. But it seems like because they have no new attractions and there's no way they can build a new ride that's going to be open in 2025 in a year. Like, there's not anything that's going to be open to combat that. That they are, their plan is to pump more live entertainment in parks because people love it. I mean, let's face it. It does make love sense. The interactions, people love the live entertainment. And again, they can keep it open for a year or two to kind of keep people in Disney. And then again, when they kind of don't need it anymore, it's an easy thing to cut. So it seems like, like if they would have had this, like this would have been great to have a brand new show, you know, debuting in 2025, because it's a lot easier to put together a new show than it is, you know, build a new, yeah, to build a new attraction, which is billions and billions of dollars. So I hope it's not billions of dollars. I don't know. I feel like it costs so much stuff, so much money for them to build anything nowadays. All right. But the, the top canceled attraction on our list, and this might be a two time canceled attraction before (laughs) we're done here, but is the Avengers attraction at Avengers campus at Disneyland. So this is the original one. This is the mm-hmm. Quinjet Battle in Wakanda. They announced this in 2019 as part of Phase 2 of Avengers Campus. <laughs> and it was going to be... They called it a Quinjet attraction, but it seemed like with the concept art, you were somehow like flying in like a jetpack type thing. Like they talked that it was going to be this whole like brand new ride system, state of the art. And it was going to be this idea of like you were going to Wakanda and there was basically a battle in Wakanda with like a bunch of different villains and you were helping the heroes and stuff like that. And then in 2022 at D23, they announced... We have this awesome new Avengers attraction that's coming. It's the this multiversal, multiversal attraction with with um, King Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. And it seemed like it was going to be in now more of like a maybe a trackless ride car, but but kind of those type of cars. So it seems like this original one got canceled because they've announced a new one that's going to take place over there. But this original one, the fact that it was going to be a new ride system and a really awesome story in a cool place like Wakanda Wakanda is a place I want to go to and the, the the issue is with Avengers Campus and this is my problem with it is it's it's basically like every day like they have Marvel has so many awesome locations you know either on earth in their movies or in the cosmos and they pick 
like basically like a New York City style thing. So having to go to Wakanda, it's a much more interesting location to have a ride in and you're going to have this new ride system. It seems so much cooler. Now it seems like it's going to be this multiversal battle, probably going to be a lot of screens because you're going to have like 500 characters in it. You're not going to make all those animatronics and it's just in a regular ride car. Now, hopefully like they go rise of the resistance budget on this thing and it is trackless ride it's somehow pushing the medium forward you know it's incorporating different ride mechanisms within a trackless ride you know they do some impressive animatronics some impressive scale because so far i feel like disney has just botched what they've done with the avengers even though like the avengers like if you look at star wars star wars has made 12 billion dollars at the box office or $10 billion, I'm sorry, over 12 films. So an average of about $833 million a film. The MCU's made $30 billion. Now that's over 33 films, but that's $900 million. So they average slightly more than the Star Wars film. So it's not like you can't say they're not making money, we shouldn't invest in this, but like the amount of money they put in Galaxy's Edge and Rise of the Resistance to have this like revolutionary new ride. And they build Avengers Campus and it's a retheme of Tower of Terror and a Spider-Man attraction and that's it. And then they're building these all around the world and it's in Paris. It's a retheme of a roller coaster and the Spider-Man attraction. Like where is the state of the art ride for Avengers campus? And this original Quinjet attraction seemed like it was going to be it. And it just quietly went away and they announced a new one. Like we're not going to remember. They announced another one three years beforehand. What irritates me about this. And I understand Disney likes to, They'll make something and they can so that they can then design it once, pay people to basically make it once, and then they just pl- like plant yeah, it's, it elsewhere. It's cheaper because all those development costs then get spread across multiple parks. Right. And but then it is like frustrating because like you said, you have all these really cool locales. Like I would love to see Asgard, you know, over in California and then in Paris for them to build um, Wakanda or something like yeah. you can do these different places and that way whenever you go to the different Disney parks you get to experience it's a little bit different something different yeah I think my point too I mean you know they did build multiple rides of the resistance they have one on each coast so they spread those costs mm-hmm. out but it's like web slingers is nowhere near the level of rise of the resistance mm-hmm. and that's the one they're copying everywhere and it's like yeah it's a fun ride but it's not revolutionary enough to be like we're gonna put this everywhere and people are gonna get excited about it you know like that's the thing it just it seems like they've not fully committed to marvel and i really like the mcu and again it's made a ton of money in the box office Mm -hmm. so you can't even say that and it's somewhat frustrating as a fan of the mcu and a fan of marvel that it seems like they kind of like are not fully committed into actually making it something exciting at the theme parks do you think they hesitate because they know that the characters themselves they're not going to be able to be those particular actors and things forever like thor isn't always gonna be thor because iron man wears a mask spider-man wears a mask black panther wears a mask i mean a lot of these people wear masks i mean they have thor in the parks they have loki in the like they have a lot of the face characters too that don't but look I'm like saying like if for them to put them into like a ride an attraction yeah yeah like no. maybe they are saying like do okay. the ones that wear masks do villains like Thanos and Ultron like th- you could definitely do it I think what happened was I think they had an idea for an attraction that used a new ride system and they either found out and we they c- priced it out they either priced it out and it was way too expensive or 
it was not fully developed. And when they went to do it, they go, we can't scale this up to have, like it works when we're doing it in Imagineering and there's two of us doing it. But when we need to run this thing 16 hours a day, every day for thousands and thousands of people, it's just not going to work. So that's what I, I think happened. It was either price or they couldn't get it to work. Because again, you look at the car now, it looks like it's, it looks like it's a trackless ride car. And yeah. they know they can get that to work. And they know they can do screens and you know, some animatronics. And so I think they fell back on that. Now, again, if they do, you know, Rise of the Resistance is a trackless ride vehicle, but it's like the greatest use of it ever. So if they put that kind of money into it, I think it's going to be phenomenal. I just fear they're like, we're going to have every character and every villain, every point in the multiverse. And it's like, if you have 300 characters in this thing, it's going to be so chaotic. You're going to be like, what is even happening here? Like, it's not going to be, you know, like a coherent story. And whereas like Rise of the Resistance doesn't really use screens that much. It's a lot of sets. It's a lot of animatronics. And so I feel like they're not going to go to that level. And so it, it may be a fun ride. It may be a great ride. Again, I'm waiting for them in this D23 to announce, hey, we got a new Avengers ride coming out for y'all. <laughs> you know, that other one we announced two years ago. Nah, that's not happening. We're doing another one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's the, that's the thing that's tough about these two is it's like, I want to go to a D23 really bad. But at the same time, I'm worried I go to a D23, I get all hyped on something that they say. Or, never or like the last D23, it was like, they gave everybody something to placate them and then they kind of just moved on about their days. Like, yeah. so that is like the, that is why I like, I feel a little reticent about it because it's like, I don't want to get my hopes up and then have them dash them. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. I feel like it would be really hard to be an Imagineer sometimes. You know, I've always thought of like the romantic side of being an Imagineer, but I do feel like there's probably an aspect of it that's really difficult because I feel like there are times where they might invent something really cool or be tasked with a project or a ride where they're, they're told like, hey, like try to develop this. We're going to build this. And they build something that they're super proud of just for that thing to be told, like for them to be told like, oh, we're actually not going to build this It's now. never going to see the light of day. Yeah, yeah and I, because yeah. I feel like that would be so heartbreaking. You'd have you've, to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah you've taken failure. years of your life potentially to develop these things and you're like passionate about it and then and just... And it never happens. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's number one for me in terms of canceled attractions. Would love to hear what our, our listeners think. If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments or let us know on our Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast. Which of these canceled attractions do you wish most that Disney would have built? But that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.